This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Hey, so how's it going? It's going great! It is my son's 15th birthday. So you had him when you were seven? Oh yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a weird story. I don't live in Alabama, Paul. We'd be writing a um, Lifetime movie about you. Like, I, let's cancel everything else. New story. Listen, I, I'm going to, I'll get to it at the end, but you already know I'll be sending a plea to Lifetime to just hire me as their spell checker, if nothing else. Everyone needs a copy editor. Uh, whoever wrote this article that I read to you through Snapchat. Oh also, my God. <laughs> I will be it reading that. It was like that. they were using google translate and it just wasn't going right right that was a freaking hot mess so oh my god i will i will in my portion allow everybody to suffer how we have personally suffered that was <laughs> crazy how about you how's it going well um it's hurricaning in louisiana it is indeed hurricaning <laughs> in louisiana and um it I happy had, hurricane season i had to miss wine and crime live as you know because mm-hmm. i hope the seat next to you was empty and so that my i was there in spirit <laughs> it wasn't but the seat that my other friend bought was empty in spirit no. we sat next to each other so that we didn't have to separate right right um but so i hope y'all had fun i was so jealous of y'all's pictures well i felt really bad because um the show had just started and I got like a double pour of wine, which is basically just a solo cup full of wine, which is how I want to live my life for the, you know, forever. Right. Um, but I sat down and I was getting ready and they came out and I don't know, I moved my foot and I kicked it over. Oh no. And I, om- first of all, that's a lot of wine to spill. And I almost got it on this girl next to me, her poster. And she was not pleased. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like I didn't get it on there. Like, I'm sorry. And she was just kind of like giving me the sink guy. And I was like, I'm sorry. Did you then tell her about our podcast? Be like, listen to three episodes and then you'll understand. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. She did not seem like the friendliest person. And maybe she was. Maybe she was just having a bad day. But I mean, you did almost ruin this poster she worked really hard on. But no, no, no. She bought. Oh, never mind. (laughs) And I would have bought her a replacement if I had gotten anything on it. I know. Because you're like, give me the dirty eyes over it. Good grief. Anyways. It was fine. If she listens, I still love you. It's cool. Um, and I hope you still love me. Shout out it wasn't to... <laughs> yeah, it could just be RBF. Like, Yeah, maybe. I don't personally suffer from that, but I know people who do. So. I know a lot of people who do. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, so we, yeah, we went up to Austin... On Friday, it was a lot of fun, and then we came back. We went to we went to brunch yesterday. That was the bomb. That's Look, actually the sno- thing I'm upset about missing the most. Do you have a snooze near you? No. What is that? It's a brunch place. There's they're like all over Texas. Um, I don't know if they were into Louisiana or not. No, but I'm out of God's favorite country, so we don't so get things. Good. I had a pineapple upside down pancake. Yum. It was exactly as good as promised. And I had um, lots of mimosas. I'm jealous. It was good times. And then I got a jelly pedicure. 
Now, did they, like, where was the peanut butter? Was it on your hands or, like? Yeah. Okay. I, I just held my hands together like this with peanut butter while they did the jelly. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> totally What works. is a jelly pedicure? I don't know exactly. It's supposed to be, like, really moisturizing for your feet. Um, instead of putting your feet in water and, like, salt water. Right. It's, like, this other, like, they pour this powder stuff in it and it makes the water, like, jelly. There's a video on my Snapchat. Okay, I'll check your story. It's probably done now, but I can I can copy it and send it to you. It's just really bonkers. It feels really weird between your toes, but my feet get really dry in the summer because I never wear shoes. Right. So um, I needed it, and that actually worked pretty well. I wish they had them here, and they don't have them here, and that's why we got those. Yeah, Austin's got all those things that we don't have anywhere else. I kind of went radio silent this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, I had probably the worst depressive episode I've had in a long time. Yeah. And, um, I, but you're I, looking sharp today, my thank friend. Thank you. I feel much better. Um, Good. And it was like, like I told y'all, I'm not going to go super into it, but like it had the, like the smallest, stupidest catalyst for me mm-hmm. to just feel like absolute shit all weekend. Those to me are always the worst ones because I'm like, also in my head, I'm like, I'm so stupid. And that makes it worse because I'm like. I'm not only depressed, but I'm like berating myself for being so stupid for being depressed over the thing that I'm depressed about. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the logical side of my brain is trying to talk me off the ledge and instead it's just pushing me further. Like, Yeah, but the logical side of my brain is like, you're stupid. Like, why are you mad about like, and she, she's not helping. <laughs> right. No, I totally agree. So all that to say, <sighs> we're better today. Me and all my personalities. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. But we were really bummed to miss you. We're going to have to, maybe we, when we go meet up for brunch whenever, we'll have to go to Snooze now. Absolutely. It's a place to be. Um, uh, Sarah and I were actually talking about when we can come down together. So <gasps> Yay! Uh, she is Please on board bring to come Dr. down Sarah. and meet so. Yay, that'll be so fun. And then not to mention the uh, the mansion that we're Airbnb-ing in September. I know. I know you're, you don't get to stay there, but you can come party with us. I am going to come party with y'all, though, because I'm not going to really know anybody else there because I'm going to assume that Shelby's going to want to hang with her, like, new husband. <laughs> Why? Lame. She's like, it was nice to marry you. I got to go. <laughs> I have things to do. <laughs> All right. So do you want to tell me about a baby snatcher? Oh, my God. Okay. Wait. Let me just. Hold on real quick. Guess What? What? This is Lifetime Sentence, and I'm Paul. <gasps> I'm Erin. Oh, my God. We almost We forgot. remember. <laughs> okay. This movie was released in 1992. I was four years old. I was older than that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I say that to remind you guys what Lifetime was like back then. Back when it was, like, because real dirty. It's real dirty. There's a lot of craziness in this yes. one. Yes. Not a lot of political correctness. It was like, as so. I was say, it was like 90s Lifetime was okay with being sued. Yeah. Well, because I wrote about five times in here because this happened in the 80s, right? Right. So I wrote it like, what even was the 80s? Like, I, it's like an, its own archetype where you go back and you're like, nobody knew shit back then. No. It was crazy. Uh, on my favorite murder, they often say the 80s need to be arrested. They do. 
there's about 19 to 25 HIPAA violations alone. And that's not even like the sexism and all that. (laughs) Because I guess they didn't do HIPAA back then. I don't know. I don't actually know when that started. Clearly not when this happened. Um, Baby Snatcher premiered May 3rd, 1992, starring Victoria Hamill. She plays Bianca. If you watched a lot of TV dramas in the 80s, then you'll know who she is. She was on Hill Street Blues and in the movie Cannonball. Okay. Um, Nancy McKeon, you'll know her. Okay. She plays Karen. She also played Joe on The Facts of Life. Oh, I do. You got one. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Madsen, he plays Cal. And he is apparently Quentin Tarantino's bitch because he's in all of his movies. What? The Hateful Eight, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill. Who does he play in, like, Kill Bill? Like He plays Bud in Kill Bill. Oh. Mm-hmm. But Bud. I don't... What, Buck? No, I thought he said Bud. Maybe he said Buck. Huh. I can't read. I gotta look it's up, fine. Gotta look up Home Dude now. I don't remember there being a Bud in Kill Bill, but it's very possible there is. Um, yeah, Bud. Yeah, Bud with two Ds. Okay, let me look at this. Oh, mm-hmm. him! Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, I don't think I got it that wrong. Okay. No. And then finally, we have David Duchovny. Really? Uh-huh. I know him. Yeah, he plays David, so this was a real stretch for him, I'm sure. <laughs> um, he also is from the X-Files, Twin Peaks, uh, Californication, and I can't believe that's not our Pornhubber TV. Right. <laughs> but um, our Pornhubber TV is from Mr. David Duchovny. He was in a movie called Full Frontal. Go. Um, Full Frontal is actually... Um, about an up-and-coming artistic photographer who only takes pictures of profiles but face-on to show that um, the best angle is the angle with which you face the world. It's a film of empowerment and strength and endurance. All right. (laughs) I could not find an official plot to this movie, which makes me uncomfortable. Oh, it's because they knew I was going to tell you the right one. Yeah. So it was apparently the unofficial sequel to Sex, Lies, and Videotape. This has, like, quite the star power in it. Um, Julia Roberts is in this movie. Um, let's see. The, one of the, the guy from um, Frasier is in this movie. And all I can get out of David Hyde Pierce, he's in this. Um, all I can get as a synopsis is a day in the life of a group of men and women in Hollywood in the hours leading up to a friend's birthday party. Okay. It sounds like it has like a very like Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, you know, like yeah. those movies where everything crosses and then everybody comes together at the end. It sounds kind of like that. They were just parading how many stars they could get through all at once. Yes. Right. Like Love Actually, but I'm going to guess that nothing's as good as Love Actually because I love that movie. There's almost, yeah, I, I was going to say, I can't think of anything and I've actually seen Love Actually. So that should tell yeah. you where it ranks in the in the world. Exactly. <laughs> so this movie, however, opens looking around a dark nursery while very ominous music plays, which is not creepy at all. I almost hummed ominous music for you and then realized <laughs> I couldn't come up with anything. So you're all welcome. <laughs> This is when they show, because I looked up the cast 
after, but they show David Duchovny, and I'm like, oh, he's in this movie, and that's cool. And then they zoom in for a close-up of a snow globe with a rocking horse inside that moves on its own. That's not creepy at all. And I was like, all. oh, no, thank you. I'm going to be out for this one. Lifetime was like, you know what would be fun? If we mixed a baby kidnapping story with the fucking grudge. Oh. <laughs> what was that? Now he's making the grudge? Oh. <laughs> um, we cut to a lady putting on perfume, lotion, something. Um. She gets in bed with her husband and she wants to get it on. But he gets up and says, I can't take this anymore. I don't want to be married anymore. I filed for divorce three days ago. And I'm like, it's the middle of the night. That is way harsh, Ty. Yeah, like you couldn't wait until like breakfast. Or like do it before you went to bed. Or, I don't know. Or, you know, just tell her before you go and file for divorce. Yeah. He says he's very sorry. He kisses her forehead and he bounces the fuck out. She runs outside and says, I'm pregnant. That's the way to save any relationship. Yeah. You're about to get fired from work. Shout you're pregnant. About to lose your man. Shout you're pregnant. (laughs) He like does one of these and is like, that's very convenient. She's like, well, I just found out this week. And then he says he's in the military. He says his commanding officer would be super pissed if he walked out on his unborn child. And I was like, your commanding officer needs to learn about boundaries. But that's none of my business. <laughs> what if she would pulled a power move and she was like, I found out three days ago. I would have told you, but you were filing papers. For divorce. <laughs> <laughs> um, we cut to a different lady getting ready for work while her kids crawl all over her and beg her not to go. The camera pans out to show that Karen, this lady, is pregnant. Wow. She really she- was? Mm-hmm. Wow. No, 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 no. It's a different oh, lady. A different lady. Okay, gotcha. They she walks outside to a very handsome David Duchovny honking his horn obnoxiously in the driveway. I wish I could say this is the only obnoxious thing he does in this movie, but it's not. So I thought that you said she walked out and honked David Duchovny's horn, and I was like, is this an innuendo <laughs> that no one's taught me? Like Ooga! Yeah. Hey David Duchovny. <laughs> Please do that again. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Um, They make out for a minute, and then he takes her to work. But, uh uh-oh, it turns out that Dave is married. Oh. So she's honking his horn, and he's married. Mm -hmm. Girl, you need to find a new horn to honk. (laughs) Um, he drops her off at work where she gets yelled at for being late. Her boss is a real douchebag. He points out that he's already giving her a whole month of maternity leave. Oh, how so kind of you. she needs to get it together. <laughs> what um, a douchebag. Yeah, for real. Um, cut to the first lady from earlier. We don't find out her name for quite a while, so sorry oh. about it. Um She's teaching some kind of class to teenagers and their moms. And they never say what she does. I'm very confused. Um, And this never comes back again. The giggly teenagers ask her if she's pregnant and she just smiles. And that's the last we see of any of these people. (laughs) Lifetime was like, quick, we forgot to get, make her a real person. Let's, uh, let's give her a a job where she smiles. Go. (laughs) No longer than 45 Um, seconds. Thanks. Yeah. 
at Karen's house, she and the kids are having a dance party. And Karen looks like a lot of fun. I want to be friends with her. Um, <clears throat> David calls to cancel their date. What a douche. Um, over at the crazy lady's house, she makes Cal a perfect breakfast, gives him some vitamins, and then says she isn't feeling so well. Quote, I guess that's why they call it morning sickness. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cal goes to the base while the crazy lady stencils horses on the nursery wall, saying to herself, quote, Cal will like ponies. Men like ponies. Ponies are perfect. Is she, like, twitching as she says this? Like, one Kinda, eye yeah. to go in? Okay. A little, a little bit, yeah. She's got the crazy eyes for sure. Um, and I put, Jesus, can we get a psyche bell over here? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Cal comes home and screams about the table being messy and that it smells like a paint factory. Oh, he calls up the stairs, Bianca. That's her name. Oh, we finally got it. Mm-hmm. He goes upstairs and finds Bianca passed out and carries her to the hospital. When she wakes up, the doctor tells her she's, um, she has diabetes, that she's not sick because she's pregnant. She has diabetes. He says, your husband also says you're four months pregnant. And I'm not sure that the diabetes will allow you to carry a healthy baby to term. And I have a lot of questions. Okay. One, is there not a single pregnancy test in this entire hospital? No, in the 80s, they didn't have those. It was post-injecting rats, but <laughs> pre-ping on a stick. They didn't know about blood tests yet. Like, let's not go there. The last time I went to urgent care, I was giving given a pregnancy test even though i told them i didn't want one and was a hundred percent sure that i wasn't pregnant then they charged me 75 dollars for it so it seems like they could find a stick for this lady to pee on i'm not bitter they... i'm with i'm reserving everything i almost yelled about everybody <laughs> mostly because i'm a cheap son of a bitch not even because of like human rights or anything like that i'm like they charged you 75 dollars they charged me $75 for a pregnancy test that I didn't need. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm not pregnant. I'm glad they were able to tell you that definitively because you don't know your own body or your own life. Absolutely. Um, Bianca freaks out and after the doctor leaves, she rips out her IVs. It's going to leave, I guess. Oh, well, um, you show them. Cal comes in and brings her some sweats. He apologizes for being such an ass and says he just now realizes he wants to have a baby with her. She says, awesome, because everything's fine. The baby is fine. She's fine. He's fine. Their marriage is fine. Everything's good. I'm glad that he finally decided that, you know, he, he wanted to have this child that he conceived you know, I'm very annoyed that at no point they did they tell this woman that she was definitively not pregnant. Oh, so she wasn't pregnant? No. Okay. We're good there. Okay. Because I've got things to tell you from the real story, so. But, like, from the, like, looking back from the end, I'm like, why didn't they tell this lady that she, she wasn't pregnant? I don't know. At Karen, she's decorating her nursery while the, her mother chastises her for being pregnant and for sleeping with a married man. In front of her kids. Oh, yikes. Mm, um, Karen
Karen sends the kids out to play so they can fight. Mom says if Karen thought getting pregnant would bring David to heel, she's in for a big surprise. Um, Meanwhile, Bianca is on the phone with a doctor or whatever, saying that she and Cal's religious convictions are too strong and abortion is just simply not an option for them. I can't. Um, She says she knows in her heart that the baby is completely healthy. So who needs prenatal care when you have religion and a mother's intuition on your side? The doctor says maybe he should speak with her husband directly. And she says... If she, if he does, she'll just have to talk to his commanding officer and say he tried to coerce them into doing something against their principles. Oh, I'm really confused by this. I like this whole situation. I know you're speaking words I should understand. And I'm just looking at you like I have never listened to the English language before. So keep going. I'm <laughs> going to try to catch back up. Karen is trying to balance her checkbook and it's not going very well. Um, She cries. Outside, she hears David yell, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. He brought a Christmas tree. They decorate the tree and they hug and they kiss and then they all feel the baby kick. Just then, mom comes in. Like, like married man, her and the two other children? Yeah. Are all just like sitting there, hands on belly? Yep. Okay. Um, mom comes in and ruins everything. So David leaves. Karen and mom fight again. Merry Christmas. Um, Cal and Bianca are at a party. Um, Bianca is impressing the other military wives with how minuscule her ankles are, being that she's six months pregnant. How very 1950s. Right. They tease Cal about Lamaze, the guys do. He says they didn't go to Lamaze class because Bianca said they didn't need to. Um, all of the other military men are very impressed that he got to skip quote natural childbirth hell <laughs> later at home Bianca climbs in bed in her bathrobe Cal wants to get it on but she says that the doctor said it's not safe for them to have sex okay she gets up in the middle of the night and cuts up an old quilt to stuff into the pantyhose she's wearing all the time Hence the bathrobe. Hang on to uh, that statement as we near the end of this story. (laughs) (laughs) Karen's in labor. Whoa. It's a girl. Yay. Even mom is smiling. Yay. David comes later and brings her a gift. He holds the baby, but not with enough enthusiasm because it makes Karen cry. So she cries and he just stares at her because, you know. What do you do with a crying woman? Am I right? Um, Don't you just throw chocolate at her and tell her she's pretty? That's what I, I mean, was always taught. You should try that next time Sarah's mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come to your funeral. <laughs> at the base, one of the guys runs him down to talk about a baby shower. Oh, it's his major. It's his boss. Um Cal tells Bianca that they want to throw her a baby shower, and she is not excited about it at all, which should have been the telling sign that she was not pregnant because every woman gets excited about a baby shower. I don't care who you are. I don't know. Well, you're not a woman, so well, your opinion doesn't count. <laughs> this is not me mansplaining. This is me knowing that Sarah has begged me that if we ever have children, that she not have to have a baby shower. She also begged to not have a wedding shower. Well, Sarah's not usual, not typical. For yes. sure. Because I love showers. They're fun. Um, I prefer to bathe. 
the Bates. Oh, no. Hold on. They argue. Okay, so Cal and Bianca fight because she's never told him when she's due. <laughs> she's just going to, like, wait until that quilt's all gone. Once the whole quilt has been <laughs> stuffed up in that bathrobe, that's when she's going to pop. I'm like, what? I know men were, like, more checked out back then, but really? <laughs> no idea? Was she just going to be pregnant forever? Um, Wait she finally... 20 or 25 years and walk in with, like, a 30-year-old guy and be like, oh, by the way, he, he came. Oh. If you think this is unbelievable, just wait. No. <laughs> um, she finally says she's due February 20th or 21st, but due dates are not an exact science, which is true. Accurate. However, this bitch is not pregnant. So <laughs> she goes to a payphone and calls an adoption agency trying to find out how soon someone can give her a baby. The guy, I guess he's talked to her before oh no and so he says you know mrs hudson like you and your husband will probably up to be up to your elbows and diapers in in less than a year and she says i need one in two to three weeks (laughs) like this is fucking amazon prime not (laughs) all sketch (laughs) um uh, she goes to the hospital in a suit and dark sunglasses to stare at the babies but the nursery is locked. Thank God. <laughs> this bitch would have just rolled out with some babies. <laughs> Several, like, just to pick from. Like, it's triplets. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what she's planning. She's just going to stay pregnant till long enough to steal three kids and be like, well, yeah, when there's three, it takes three times as long. <laughs> she does steal a birth certificate that I guess they just leave out on the desk. Oh, yeah. They're like party favors at the hospital. <laughs> It's like instead of the mint jar, it's like take one as you go. It's just a birth certificate. Yeah, she just steals one and sticks it in her pocket. Um, Now she's looking for a nanny job for someone with an infant. Don't do that. Look, if I was a mom looking for a nanny and somebody called asking specifically if I had an infant, that would like red flag, like bing, 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 like all the way up. I Yeah. mm -mm. At Karen's house, she's calling her mom because it's her first day back to work and the nanny didn't show up. The mom comes and says, if anybody, she says, if anybody calls about the nanny job to set up an interview. And I'm like, oh, shit. Foreshadowing. The phone rings and it's Bianca inquiring about the nanny job. I for real felt in my soul you were going to say it's Beyonce. And I was like, this story is getting a whole lot better. Yeah, (laughs) I wish it was Beyonce. Um, She schedules an interview and then pulls out a wig that I guess she just has. And she goes to the interview. (laughs) So they're doing the interview and um, she's talking to the grandma, right? So she's talking to the um, Karen's mom. Right. And so the phone rings. And so the mom says, hey, Marcy, because that's what she told her her name was. Can you hold the baby while I answer the phone? No. No, 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 no. First of all, Marcy's not good at holding the baby, so I'm already terrified she's going to drop her. I'm like, oh, <laughs> please be careful with that baby. Um, She walks through the house with um Karen's son, Kevin, who's going to show her the nursery. He's like, hey, come with me. I'll show you the nursery. 
Mom gets off the phone just in time to hear a car speed away. Um, she yells to Kevin and say, is, says, is Sophie, that's the baby, is Sophie with you? And he says, no, Marcy has the, Sophie. The baby is gone. Oh, no. Um, mom calls Karen at work who yells, I guess she tells her, and she yells, mom, call 911. I'm on my way. And she goes, she's home. <laughs> I don't know the proximity between like the distance between Karen's work and her home. But by the time she gets home, it must've taken her several hours <laughs> because by the time she gets home, there's like 20 FBI agents digging up her front yard. Oh, okay. So in that time, they called 911. They got the police. The police were like, nope, this isn't us. We're going to call the FBI. They brought out the whole team to dig up her front yard. They were just bored. It was like a slow Thursday. Guys, field trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who wants to do some landscaping today? So the reason they're doing this is really morbid. They think she killed the baby and buried her in the yard. Yeah. Oof. Um, at Bianca's house, she puts a bandage over Sophie's belly button because her umbilical cord's already fallen off because right. she's a month old. Um, and then stamps her feet on the birth certificate she stole. Um, David is making a big presentation at work when he's interrupted by a phone call from Karen to tell him that the baby's been kidnapped. Um, what does David do? Do we know? He's a businessman. He oh. does business things. Okay. Transponster. Yes. He's a transponster. <laughs> uh, I guess this all comes out in the office because David's like getting ready to leave work. He's like running down the hallway. His boss is next to him yelling at him for not telling him that, that he and Karen were having an affair. Karen used to work there as a receptionist. Um, so, Like, what are you going to do? Just casually drop like... Hey, boss, listen, I finished those reports. Um, I'll have the presentation on Tuesday. Also, I've been fucking Karen. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So he says, his boss says, if you go public with this, that, that'll be the end of your career. Uh, okay, then I'm going to silently hide under a rock while my child has been stolen. Everyone needs to take several chills here. Like uh, Lots of clonopin. Just put it in the water at this point. Everyone. Jesus. Bianca takes off her wig and her makeup. Um, at the police, no, at the house, they're questioning Karen and acting like real fucking assholes. I would not have wanted to talk to these people. Um, David comes in and they tell him that his wife will also be a suspect in this case. Oh no. Oh, oh, is that how your wife finds out you're Yeah, out that's how oh, she finds out that they're having an Oh my God. Um, Meanwhile, Cal is just at work doing his work thing. He's in the Air Force, you know, he's doing that Air Force stuff. Um, he gets a phone call from Bianca because she had the baby. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it was a quick thing. I just went in. It was like getting my nails done. It just took an hour and a half and now we're home. All of his buddies congratulate him, but they're all shocked to learn. She had the baby that morning. She's already at home resting. <laughs> this is literally the most unbelievable fucking story i've ever heard 
What you're telling me is she married an idiot because he's like, oh, cool. A complete moron. Okay, great. Um, Cal goes home to find Bianca like laying in their bed in her like nice night clothes. Like her hair is like all perfectly done. She's holding the baby who's wearing like a white like christening gown and is all wrapped up in a pink blanket. You can like hold its head up and say dad already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Childbirth is not pretty. There's nothing beautiful about it for real. It's beautiful because you think the experience is beautiful because you got this baby out of it. Le- legit, your hospital room will look like a murder scene for the first like 24 hours at least. It's bad. Um, there's a lot like, no. Yeah, I you can't just go home and like post up in bed like, I'm so happy and serene. You're going to feel like shit for a while, girl. Um, at Karen's house, David is trying to stop Karen from going on TV. He calls the policeman sanctimonious, which they are, but he really doesn't want her to go on TV because he's afraid she's going to out him as the father to everyone else. Like his wife already found out and she did not take it well. I, Imagine that. Uh, what? <laughs> um, this just isn't fair to him. Oh. For her to plead to the public to return her baby. Oh, shit. Hmm. Karen gives a TV statement in the rain. Um, the baby's full name is Sof- Sophie Louise, which I think is so cute. Um, her mom is at the police station doing a sketch, but it's not going well. <laughs> um, well, I mean, she's only had three days with this kid. Like, Yeah. No, no. A sketch of the late, like Marcy. Oh, of Marcy. That's even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I'm trying to think of how you describe a baby to a forensic sketch artist. Like, newborn babies all look look exactly exactly the the same. same. (laughs) Well, she's got like a little face and a button nose, and she's got a little ten fingers and ten toes. Like, (laughs) a little face. (laughs) Oh my god! Okay. Karen, meanwhile, is in the worst. Um, what do they call it? Interview interrogation ever. Um, this FBI guy is a smug piece of shit. What an asshole. Um, he asked Karen if she really loves her kids because she is a young single mother with a dead end job. Her boyfriend is married and making no real effort to leave his wife. So obviously she just wanted to get rid of one of her kids, right? Oh, oh, that makes sense, right? Like you're a waitress at a diner. So that means you hate your children. What the fuck? Yeah. He then um, tells her that when they questioned David's wife, by the end, she was crying in David's arms and he said it would be okay and they would get through it together. He says this, this does not motivate her to confess to the crime that she did not commit. Crazy. Um, Uh. So he goes a little bit harder and he says, if he, if she tells him where she hid the body, he'll try to get her a deal. Okay, great. Like 50% off at Barney's or like, what kind of deal are we talking? Yeah. She just cries and says she would never hurt her baby, which God, this is horrible. Um, 
over at Bianca, she's trying to feed the baby from a bottle, but she won't eat because she's been breastfed this whole time. And so that's a really tough transition for a lot of babies. Right. But Bianca wouldn't know this because this was not a well thought out plan of hers. Um, In fact, by not well thought out, it sounds like not thought out at all. Not even a little bit. She was sitting there and she was like, oh, I have this baby. I'm going to leave it's like, with it. It's like the impulse purchase section of Walmart. Like, <laughs> it's, the dollar, it's the dollar spot at Target. Yes, exactly. Only nobody sells like cute little babies for a dollar. Like little, little faces and ten fingers. Little faces and button noses. <laughs> um, Cal strolls in and says, wow, I slept like the dead. How long have you been awake? No. And I want to feel... I want to feel bad for her because that's a shitty thing for a husband to say, but I don't. <laughs> she really um, brought this on herself. He says, the baby is just awfully cryy. He says that. Cryy. 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 Cry me a river. Cryy. Cryy. <laughs> he says, maybe she came home from the hospital too soon. And she says, quote, all over the world, women have babies in fields, and the U.S. makes they want to make it a three-ring circus. In the old country, <laughs> yeah, just because people have had babies in fields doesn't mean they should continue to do that, right? Oh my gosh! Um, Cal holds the screaming baby and sings "Hush, Little Baby," which we've already covered. I hate. Um, but Karen also saying this to the baby. So it actually makes her calm down. She stops crying. Um, the major calls Cal to offer to bring him dinner for a week because it's their tradition. Like when the, the guy's wife has a baby, all the people in the unit pitch in and bring them dinner. So, um, but Cal says it's not a good day because Bianca is too tired and 100% giving him crazy murder eyes on the other end of the phone. (laughs) Oh no. Back at the police station, they're trying to get David to confess to murder now, but instead he tries to punch the FBI officer guy in the face, which he totally has coming. <laughs> did, did they try the same approach? Like they looked at David and they were like, David, listen, when we talked to Karen, she held your wife and said, we'll get through this together. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the twist of a lifetime? <laughs> right? Man. Lifetime call us. <laughs> Oh, we're going to get there. They should definitely call us. Um, So he jumps across the table and tries to attack this guy, this FBI agent. Five cops, like, grab him and drag him out to Karen where they tell him to take him home. This is not what would happen in 2019. He would be dead. Well, he's not a person of color, so he may not be dead, but he'd for real be be in jail. They'd Mm. beat him and say it was in self-defense. Yeah, um, there are reporters camped in Karen's driveway because some things don't ever change. Um, David says he can't take much more of this, and Karen grows a backbone majorly. It's about time. And she says that maybe he should go home because she can't hold him together right now. All she can think of or care about is baby Sophie. She says she needs someone to be there for her right now. Um, not the other way around. She tells him if he wants his handheld to go home to his wife. Wow. And so he leaves. Um, Good for her. 
the one cop that believes her is waiting by the phone for a ransom call. Um, the phone rings, but um, shit. I lost my place. Sorry. The phone rings and she answers it, but it's just some lady calling to say that she's a whore and that Sophie being kidnapped is God's punishment. Oh, good. That makes all Christians look great. The cop disconnects the call and says stuff like this brings all kinds of people out from under their rocks. I like this guy. He's nice. Um, her older daughter. Oh, this is so sad. Her older daughter comes out and shows her a magnadoodle that one of the police officers had brought for her. And Karen yells at her. She's like, don't you understand? Like your sister is missing. Like she's never coming back. And I give her a pass because I know she's going to feel bad about this in about four seconds. Right. Which she does. Um, She finds, she goes and finds the kids in the nursery. They made a card for Sophie and put it in her crib. Kevin, the little boy says, it's all his fault because he let the lady take Sophie. No, sweetie. And Karen says, of course, it's not his fault. And they're all going to get through this as a family. They just have to stick together. And Karen is done with everybody's shit. She, her, she, her mama bear comes out big time. Good. She calls another press conference to show Sophie's picture um, to the news because they, they hadn't had a picture before. I don't know if she was just waiting on the portraits whatever i mean it's a month you know um one of the reporters asks if she's responsible for the baby's disappearance so she straight up throws him out of her house good for her fuck out of my house she tells the reporters after that that from then on she's using them to find her daughter not the other way around they're not using her to get a story good for some reason they get a byline or a photo or whatever she doesn't give a fuck but they're going to help her find her daughter and they're not going to treat her like a criminal anymore um bianca gets the paper the next day and huh her face is on the front page no way a sketch of her face anyway they finally got the sketch down yeah oh man and she just so surprised and i'm like i'm sorry did you think you were gonna steal a newborn baby and nobody was gonna do anything about it yes yes i did bye next question the major calls the hospital to get some information about the birth to put out an announcement at work oh shit! because her boss can call the hospital and ask seriously what was the 80s there's like 19 different the violations in that phone call alone um but they tell him there wasn't a baby born there that day um and that doctor that he's asking after was actually not there his wife says that she bets bianca just had the baby at home because quote it's the newest fad uh okay i'm not up with the 80s anymore i thought like, as much as I thought, I mean. Um, Cal's boss says, quote, not as far as I'm concerned. You know, I'm a man. I can make it not a thing if I want to. Right. Um, uh, he's the commanding officer. She rolls her eyes and says, quote, if she did have the baby at home, someone should probably make sure they're okay. So they decide they're going to send over a doctor tomorrow. Oh, good. Because once again, that's a thing you can do. Yeah, concierge medicine. I mean, it didn't start being a thing until 2015, but sure. 
Right, but my boss couldn't call and send me a doctor, I don't think. No. <laughs> um, Karen has set up Command Central in her home. She's passing out flyers. She's doing interviews because nobody steals Karen's baby and gets away with it, damn it. Nobody um, puts baby in a corner. Karen goes home and sits in the nursery. She tells her mom that she's losing her milk and that even when they find Sophie, she won't be able to nurse her anymore. Oh. Says this lady even took that away from me. She says all she wanted was a man that loved her, some kids, a job that paid the, and a job that paid the bills. This all didn't seem like too much to ask for. Um, Bianca is miserable, as she should be. But so is baby Sophie, and I don't like that at all. No. Um, she lays Sophie in her crib and covers her mouth while I scream no, no. at the TV. No, 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 no. Um, Cal luckily comes in, so she stops um, and says that this isn't right, and they need to call the doctor. But she says no. Um, he says, why don't you try to nurse her? And she says she can't nurse her because of the diabetes. None of this is really her fault, you know. Right, right. And we cut to our edit of the week. I was afraid we weren't going to have one because we're pretty far in. Bianca is laying in her bed in the fetal position. Um, the baby is wailing, but you can also hear Bianca's inner monologue. And it's just, why won't she stop? Make her stop. Why does she cry all the time? Make it stop. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, bitch, because she kidnapped her. You chose, She's not happy. You chose this life, literally. Hmm. Cal has finally had enough. So he calls the doctor who is in surgery. He leaves his number and the camera slowly pans over to the wall where behind which Bianca is hiding, listening to him on the phone. Oh shit. At Karen's David brings her flowers, but she says she doesn't have time for this nonsense. She has an interview to get to. He says he really wants the baby back. And um, she says, if that's true, he can come on the show with her. Um, the major shows up with his wife. Um, and Cal says, oh, I would get Bianca, but she's, quote, sleeping, except she's not. She's standing at the door listening to them talk. Um, they go in to check on the baby, and she's laying on her stomach. And I'm like, how did any of us survive being born in the 80s? Right. Ugh. Um, the major, um, oh, later at home, the major and his wife are talking about um, the facts surrounding this mysterious thing that's going on. Um, Dr. Robard says he didn't deliver the baby. There's no hospital record of the baby being born. These are all things they've been able to find out over the phone. My God. Um, and also, how did the reporters not find any of... For real. <laughs> well, because they're not looking at Bianca. I know, but it's, it looks like it's apparent they're not looking anywhere. Because and the captain is actually just trying to help this family and it's unraveling. Yeah. <laughs> like, one reporter could have pulled one string. <laughs> Um, the major is reading the paper with Bianca's sketch on it. And he turns to the front page. His wife says, like, as this happens, his wife says, quote, maybe they couldn't have children, so they secretly adopted one. The major takes out his pen and starts coloring on the front page. He gives the sketch new hair and hands it to his wife, who says, quote, that's Bianca. <laughs> I'm glad he had to do... Did you ever play with the Wooly Willy toy that was like... Oh, yeah. I'm glad he had to Wooly Willy that newspaper. At the station, Mr. FBI... Oh, this guy's such a douchebag. Is going on and on about how it's always a family member or the baby is dead. So Karen is completely guilty. 
um, a beat cop comes in to tell the detective that there's a call about the baby. And Mr. Smug FBI, FBI turns and says, quote, oh, is it Star Search or some other local crackpot? My God. And then the cop punches him in the face. Uh, for real? Because I hope so. No. no. He just says, no, it's the Air Force Chief of Security. In your face, motherfucker. Cal is Did sick of the baby. Did he say that? Because it's the 80s, so. Cal is sick of the baby crying, so he tries to leave to get help or more formula or anything that will make the baby stop crying. Um, and Bianca says, quote, all you think about is the baby. What about me? <laughs> Newsflash to everyone out there. When you have the baby, it's not about you anymore. It's about the baby now. <laughs> um, the detective and Mr. Smug FBI roll up to Bianca's house. They have a John Doe warrant, which I don't know what that is. Um, it's a warrant that is in nobody's name, but there is just cause to follow it at that location. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I like, they said it like I should know what it is. And I was like, I have no fucking clue what that is. Um, Cal opens the garage to go get more formula while still arguing with Bianca just at the right moment, because there's the car, the kidnapper drove right for Mr. Smug FBI and the nice detective to see. I just Googled it to make sure I didn't completely lie and mansplain something to you incorrectly. Um, and that's what it is. So <laughs> good. <laughs> I mean, your explanation made sense for what they were doing. I was just really confused. Right. Um, so they roll up and they say they have a warrant at first. Cal says they're completely off their rockers, but Mr. Smug FBI finally decides to do his job and stop acting like a complete jack off. He takes the baby away from Bianca while she screams to Cal, tell them about the nursery, not the nursery. <laughs> he just looks at her and says, Bianca, what have you done? Um, Karen is driving with David to the, um, television interview and she has some kind of portable beeper that also has voicemail but is not a cell phone okay sure that's a thing right no maybe i don't know like what madness is this contraption (laughs) so she i don't feel like somebody who was a waitress at a diner i've just that's just the job i gave her i don't know if that's actually her job yeah okay could afford technology like that at the time because that's when like you had to pay several thousand dollars a year for your cell phone to be in your car in a bag and you could only call 911 and like your mom once so she it's like beep 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 and she presses play and it's like the the detective and he's like hey please we need you to come to the station but she ignores it and then she gets another beep, 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 and it's her mom, and there's she's screaming, they found the baby! So she flips a U-turn and for some reason doesn't get immediately pulled over by the police officer she cuts off. <laughs> I'm sure he had better things to do that day. Um, well, yeah, he was going to the taping of this show. She starts freaking out that maybe they meant they found her body and not her, like, the not the live baby. Oh, no. And I'm like, I don't think they would have left that as a message on your on your not cell phone but i don't know well you said this fbi guy sucked so far so the fbi is searching bianca and cal's house while they sit at the table um he asks her why and she says quote i was going to lose you i couldn't let that happen i would do it again oh my god bye bitch um 
Karen and David arrive at the police station and sprint inside. They get there, and there's baby Sophie. Mr. Smug FBI says, quote, doesn't it feel great, Karen? Like he hasn't been trying to get her to confess to murder for the last hour. Right. (laughs) Um, Karen takes the baby's clothes off because, quote, I don't want that woman's clothes on my baby. She and Bianca lock eyes from across the station where I guess she's being booked into jail. Um, Everyone claps, and then they go home. Yay. Is that the end? Um, The ending text says, quote, approximately 114,000 children are involved in attempted abductions by strangers every year. Approximately 4,600 are actually abducted. This figure continues to rise. The real quote, Karen Williams, now works closely with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children to help other parents find their stolen children. The real Bianca and Cal were arrested for kidnapping. Cal was later acquitted of all charges. Bianca pled guilty in the criminal proceedings and was sentenced to one year in a psychiatric hospital and five years probation. She served four months of her sentence and is currently out on probation. Yep. The end. Fuck that bitch. Yep. That's it. All right. So in February of of 2000, nope, February of 1988. um, So actually just a few days before I was born, I was born March 2nd, 88. Um, Carol, Sorry, can you repeat that? Oh, yeah, that was just a few days before I was born. Actually, I was born March second, eighty eight. So oh. this case was like new whenever I was born. It could have been you. It could have been me. They would have given me right back. I was born <laughs> ten pounds, and I haven't stopped eating since. <laughs> um, My dad always says that I was born. Um, I was uh, a footling breach, and so he says I was born. Uh, feet first, my eyes were open and my mouth were open, and neither have closed since. I can understand that. <laughs> my mom says I came out screaming and I haven't stopped, so. All right, so I'm going to um, just read to you guys the article that I read to get my information. <clears throat> Baby Snatcher, true narrative that stimulated the video glaring Veronica Hamill. That's the title. <laughs> oh, God. In Feb- okay. In February 1988, Cora Abbott, 27, discovered she is obtaining revisit operate from a six weeks maternal DNA depart. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Hold on, it gets clearer with the next sentence. Oh, good. She placed an advertisement in the local paper promotion for the babysitter's posture in their household. Did that clear it up for you? Did that? No. <laughs> as the local paper, no, as the mother covered baby Rachel, a fresh lady, 38 year old Maritza Rentz, came up by to job interview for that babysitter's posture. The mother. The mother was rather pleased with Maritza. She looked like the right alternative, but while the mother got outside to place briefly, Maritza just went out your front door with the baby in biceps and triceps. (laughs) I have a new theory about what this is, and I'm going to tell you what you're done. The mother rapidly come back and her shock found out that normal full week previous baby had been kidnapped. 
On on the February 21st, Cora Abbott pleaded on her daughter's give back. Inch, there is no one to love her like perform. Inch, I need her backside here. She is associated with us, Inch pleaded Abbott. That's just the first paragraph. It's a five-page long article. Okay, I have a theory. Are you ready? I'm ready. My theory is that this whole story was being watched by aliens. (laughs) (laughs) And this was their report, like, to the other aliens. But they don't understand the nuances of the English language. And that's why it sounds completely fucked up. I'll go with that. (laughs) Or, like, you know those memes where they're like, I made a computer watch 400 hours of... This they made a computer watch four hundred hours of lifetime movies and this is them writing the new script. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm on board. Wow, that is bananas. Okay. So okay, this is the story of Rachel Ann White, who okay. was kidnapped in February on February nineteenth of nineteen eighty eight. Okay. Um she was at her grandmother's house. Um her mother, Cora Abbott. Um, had just started working again after her maternity leave and Uh they were trying to hire a babysitter. So until then the grandmother was watching the kids. Okay. And um, a woman came and um, interviewed. Um, Her name was Sharon Sanchez and she, um, excuse me. She uh, met all the qualifications. They were very impressed with her. And, um, the mother Evelyn was interviewing Sharon when the phone rang and Evelyn asked Sharon to hold Rachel while she went to the other room to answer it. Don't do that. When Evelyn returned, Sharon and Rachel were gone. And when she ran outdoors to see if she could stop her, she saw Sharon driving away in a light colored vehicle with Texas plates. Uh Oh, so, um, when Cora arrives home, She Mm -hmm. is immediately interviewed by investigators. And this is going to bring you so much joy. Because you complained about all the police in your movie. And Mm -hmm. in her interviews later, she said that the biggest thing that they changed about her life from that story was the way the police treated her. Do you know who the lead detective on her case was? Who? Daddy Joe Kenda. (gasps) Shut up! Yeah! So there's a whole uh, homicide hunter about this case. No way. Uh I have to find that. Yeah, I can send you the link. It's called Bring My Baby Home is that episode. And I think it was a two-part episode, in fact. Do they show young Joe Kenda holding the baby? I did not watch it. But if they don't, they are going to rewrite it for me now. Y'all. Young Joe Kenda makes Regular Joe Kenda is the daddy. Young Joe Kenda is a zaddy. Whew. Mm. <laughs> Damn. Cosign. You fine. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, they, sorry, just when I hit that point in the case, I was like, whoa, hold up. Like, all my worlds caved in on each other. I am so here for that. Um. So, Sharon Sanchez, it turns out, 
was not her name. Surprise. It was Maritza Rince. And she um, was, as I read, now you heard the article that I was struggling my way through. Yes. (laughs) As I read, she was a Cuban immigrant. Okay. um, And she was on her already third marriage. She had two children from a previous marriage. Um, her Ooh. husband was in the had kids? That's just selfish. Her um her husband was in the Air Force, Captain Paul Rents. And um they had found out they were pregnant earlier that year. They were pregnant. Mm-hmm. They were not pregnant. She was pregnant. I live in the South where everyone thinks it's a shared thing. She was pregnant. <laughs> um however, there were some medical issues and the doctors advised her to have a an abortion. Um because of whatever the problem was it's never been reported but so she did go through with the medical abortion Mm -hmm. but she did not tell her husband because their marriage was already very rocky so she did in fact stuff her clothing with pillows and grew and grew and cut up that quilt you didn't read the actual closing (laughs) in your statement Huh? You didn't read the actual closing in your statement. You read what when you sent what? us a picture. Oh, I didn't. Shit. Because I told you that would be important to come I back. Totally forgot. <laughs> do you have the picture? I do. Well, I'm gonna put it on our, our Instagram. So look, I completely forgot because I thought I was going over, so I was trying to speed through. Listen, you guys. Lifetime, I'm talking to you. I know you're listening. You, you make a lot of money. There's somebody there that listens to our show. There has to be. Um, I know you make a lot of money. This movie has been out for, what, 27 years? Something like that, yeah. I need to know exactly why in those 27 years, nobody has told you that instead of she pled guilty. <laughs> the ending text says she pled quilty. <laughs> like toilet paper. Please, I will spell check your shit in between writing movies. I I, I do it all. So what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so I quilty. <laughs> so I sent y'all me reading that awful. Uh, yeah, and then you sent that back, and I was like, "This, this case is just a shit show. There's oh, a hot mess. <laughs> Everything is falling apart." So yes, she shoved pillows up in her clothing, and then um, just always said that every time her husband wanted to touch her, she was like, "Well, the baby makes me feel really uncomfortable, and I need you to not touch me right now because, like, I am under so much stress right now. Like, it's so hard to grow a whole human inside of you. You wouldn't understand." <laughs> I'm sure she said it just like that too. There is, look, pregnancy is different for everyone, but there was a distinct time in my pregnancy where all I wanted to do was have sex. Right. (laughs) For like a month, at least, maybe a little bit longer. That's all I wanted. So. Um, Now, after she had the abortion, it looked like, like to the casual observer that she was actually grieving, grieving very healthily. So she was actually a licensed psychotherapist and had a counseling practice. What now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
She, so okay. she opened a counseling practice, like a family counseling practice, uh, especially for like young moms and then people who had suffered either spontaneous abortions or medical abortions. Um, okay. So from the outside to the casual observer, it looks like somebody who's like grieving healthy, like I went through this thing and I want to help other people get through it. And nobody knew that she was going home and still convincing her husband that she is still pregnant. And oh my so, God. as the due date draws near, she sure does start watching the newspaper for ads for a nanny or for a babysitter for an infant. Um, oh my God. Um, so she shows up to um, Cora Abbott's mother's house, uh, Evelyn, that was her name, to Evelyn's house mm-hmm. to interview and takes off with the babies. Um investigators really didn't know where to go with this investigation because the Sharon Shantes, Sharon Tessius, Sharon Shantes, I still can't do it. (laughs) Sharon Sanchez was clearly a, um, a false identity, an alias. Um, So, and the, um, the police really did work around the clock on this. And um, while they considered, Carol and Evelyn suspects until they were ruled out. You you made it sound like they only looked at them and didn't look anywhere else. And yeah. they were kind of following all leads. Um, especially trying to identify this light-colored car with, uh, with Texas plates. Yeah, legit in the movie, they were like... They completely dismissed the idea that somebody else did this and only focused on this family. And it was like... It was so bizarre. We all know that our Lord and Savior, Joe Kinda, would never do that. He would never. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so um, it does become very difficult to track cases like this in Colorado Springs because it is a military town. And so you have license plates from everywhere there because people get restationed. Yeah, you you come in and out. Like you understand because you live in an Air Force area. I do. Well, I live in a, I I live in what they call Military City USA. Yeah, that's true. There's uh, like a hundred bases here. No, not a hundred. There's a lot. <laughs> I forget that all the bases are there because I have friends who are in the Air Force. So mm-hmm. because I'm by an air base, so all of them go to San Antonio, and so I think of that yes. as being just an air base. Like, no, I know, <laughs> I know. Whenever I actually think of it. Um. Anyway, so. In the uh, on the fourth day of the investigation, they receive an air call from an Air Force major, and he informed uh, Detective Kenda that um, he had an Air Force officer, Captain Paul Rents, who said his wife had a baby, and this was suspicious because because Paul had never said anything about his wife being pregnant. Um. But she had been feigning pregnancy, so I don't understand. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Um, so the major and his wife stopped by Captain Rince's home to give the baby, like, a proper Air Force welcome, whatever that is. Like, I think you stick them in a plane and you say, this is a bomb, and then they go. I don't know. <laughs> I'll ask my friend who's a pilot what an Air Force welcome is, and... Hope to God it's like he doesn't have a second definition that we're not aware of. Like maybe I should Ooh. urban dictionary at first and make sure there's nothing maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, but Maritza, the wife, you know, who had been Sharon Shantosh. Yes. 
that's the only way I can say it from now on. I apologize to everybody. Um, his wife had made excuses and said she didn't feel well. And the baby didn't feel well. And no, you can't come. She, I finally got her to stop crying. She's just now. And finally, she relented and let them in. Um, and on their way home, the major's wife just looked at him and was like, that is not a newborn. That baby is not Thank four God. days old. <laughs> so, um, they then that night saw on the news that a baby had been kidnapped and they called the police right away. Good for them. Um, so Joe Kenda and his, uh, the other officer working with it, uh, Robert Sapp, which I don't want to leave him out, but let's be for real. I just care about Joe Kenda cause for real. he's Joe Kenda. Sorry, Sapp. <laughs> I'm sure you're great. I mean, it's probably, fine. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, when they arrived at the home, the first thing they spotted was a small silver car with Texas license plates. Imagine that. So, Kenda and Sap questioned Maritza Rents and asked her mm-hmm. where she'd had the baby and who was the doctor and where the birth certificate was. And she had a birth certificate that showed that the baby was two days old. Um, okay. She had even put a gold seal on it and then hand wrote the name of a hospital. And I think she misspelled it, in fact, on the gold seal. But I might be embellishing because that's what stuck in my brain um, just to make the story better. But she sure did just like put the gold seal and hand write it. So it's not like it's notarized by anyone at the hospital. Um, That's just (laughs) like that. That's just bells and whistles. You don't need a notary. (laughs) Well, this is the 80s. Joe Kenda and Robert Sapp both have children of their own. And so they knew immediately that that birth certificate had been faked. Because I guess once you've seen a real one, then you always know. But. Well, I would think even in the 80s, they probably didn't handwrite birth certificates. Right. They were typed. Um, Because I've seen my own birth certificate. It was not hand typed or handwritten. Hand typed. So it was not handwritten. They um they finally told Maritza they had to see the baby before they left. And she went and got the baby. And do you know that baby matched the composite drawing that they had made? Incredible. They're like twins. My three-day-old and that one-month-old. That's crazy. Maybe we should set wow. up a play date. She was just a big baby, okay? <laughs> they also observed that it clearly was not a newborn and so they immediately knew that it was rachel ann white mm-hmm. captain rents was straight up dumbfounded that his wife had not had a baby like uh, of course he was because <laughs> she i mean he just basically he came home from work one day and she was like i had a c-section today surprise and she straight up said it was a c-section like i'm sorry what <laughs> Okay. I had a C-section. Weren't you home that evening with your very large baby that did not have an umbilical cord anymore? That was in 2004. So not even in the 80s, obviously. It was in 2004. I was in the hospital for four days because that's major (laughs) abdominal surgery. They have to, like, move shit around to get to the baby. Nope. Uh-uh. Not for her. Oh, my God. What else? What, what did she, like, draw a line on herself and was like, there it is. 
<laughs> Do you remember that movie you told me about a few weeks ago that was the zipper? And they unzipped. Yes! <laughs> That's what she had. It wasn't a real C-section. They just installed a zipper, the zipper for her. The zipper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. That makes total sense. I'm on board. Um. So that's when, so like I said, um, he was completely dumbfounded and, um, Kenda said that whenever Cora was reunited with her daughter, um, it was like the most touching moment of his career. And he, then they charged, uh, Maritza Rents with kidnapping and Paul Rents was questioned he told the investigators that Maria didn't have sex with him through the pregnancy because she told him that it was harmful to the child. Mm-hmm. She also wouldn't let him see her body because she felt disgusting being this big, AKA all the pillows. Um, um no, <laughs> he admitted that their marriage had been rocky and, um, but the investigators could not imagine that this man had been duped that badly. Like they thought he was lying in the investigation. Yeah, and so, I mean, I can see that, right? They're like, man, you're not that checked out, are you? But he just was. He like, just was because whenever Maritza that was poor dumb motherfucker, like, <laughs> right? When Maritza was questioned, she was like, "Oh no, my husband's an idiot. He had no clue." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Oh yeah, he dumb." Like. <laughs> She told the investigators that she had been pregnant, but she lost her baby and she didn't have the heart to tell her husband. So she said she put pillows under her clothes. So it appeared she was pregnant. And then when he left for work, she'd take him out and dress up in her business clothes to go psychotherapize. I mean, okay. <laughs> right. Isn't that what you I'm, did? I'm, your patients all need a new therapist. <laughs> they need a therapist because of their therapist. Because of their therapist. Yeah. Even if they don't have problems. When it was time for the baby to be born, she felt like she was faced with, no, she was faced with a choice, come clean or find a baby. Like. <laughs> that's not a choice. Right. Like, I can tell the truth or I can commit this horrible crime. I'm already in this deep. Let's oh, go. Jesus. Okay. Um. So. She, um responded to this ad she said she'd searched the newspapers for like weeks looking for a baby that would be young enough but everybody wanted a babysitter for older kids so that's when this damn people looking for sitters for their older kids what the hell it's like i'm trying to get something done here So she uh, she thought that it was basically a windfall that Cora Abbott needed a um, a sitter for her infant. Y'all, I wish I could have taken a picture of Aaron's face in that moment. Um. So she created this false identity. She went to Evelyn Reed's home and um. She she even admitted she was like, oh well, you know I. I kind of lost my nerve and I almost didn't take the baby. But when the phone rang, I felt like it was a sign. So I took it. I almost didn't commit the crime. So maybe I shouldn't be convicted. Hmm? Right. See, I, I felt bad at first. Yeah. I feel bad about it. Kind of. Um, when she returned home, she called her husband and said, Hey, I just got back from the hospital. I had a C-section. The baby's here. Can't wait for you to come meet her. I'm very interested to know what has happened to this man now. (laughs) Like, in the years since, like, did he find another wife to just take care of him 
all the time because he clearly does not should not be trusted to be by himself. Keep in mind that this is one of them in defending our country, y'all. Oh God, that makes it even worse. Right? I didn't even go there. <laughs> Jesus. I was just thinking like he was on the base sweeping the floor or whatever. <laughs> Peeling potatoes like Donald Peeling Duck potatoes. in all those old cartoons. <laughs> I know Donald Duck was Navy, but um so yeah, Paul didn't question any of it. And this is and this is a quote from the article that says Kinda reminded the viewer that being stupid isn't against the law. <laughs> so- I mean He's not wrong. I'm 100% going to find this and watch it on Hulu tonight because Kinda's on Hulu. Oh, is he? Mm. So I just have the ID app. I I mean, I've also got Hulu. I just never check it on Hulu. I don't have the ID app. I should get that. Yeah, I'll give you my login. I'm sure I can get logged in because I get the channel on my cable. Oh, yeah. If you get it, then you can just yeah. log on like um, from, your com- from your device or te- computer or whatever. Look, it's Christmas in July right now, so if you think I haven't been sitting on my ass watching Christmas movies it's on the Hallmark Channel all I weekend, forgot. you're fucking wrong. <laughs> I forgot! Yeah. 24 hours a day, yes. buddy. All month or just this weekend? No, this weekend, I think next weekend. Okay, um, good. By the way, uh, Countdown to Christmas starts October 25th this year. Oh <laughs> shit. Um, so... He admitted that it was difficult to persecute, to not per- persecute, prosecute <laughs> Paul Ritz. It's easy to persecute him. <laughs> yeah, for um, real. He almost does it to himself. Because, right? <laughs> because they didn't have any evidence against him. So he was found not guilty and she pleaded quilty, as we know, <laughs> to second degree kidnapping. And I guess it is quilty because that's what she was stuffing in her dress. Like it all comes together now. That was, that was not a mistake. That was them being punny. Lifetime, I see you. Erin <laughs> just rolled her eyes. She's like, no. no. Um, the judge did not give her any jail time, even though she pled guilty to second degree kidnapping, um, because she claimed mental insanity and was confined to an institution for a year. Because she's cuckoo bananas. The good things, since, I mean, it was a very kind of cut and dry thing. Um, yeah. So the good things that came out of this is, like you mentioned, um, Carol Abbott did um, volunteer for a long time for the organization for, um, you know, the one that that you mentioned that I should have written down. Um, The um, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Yes. And um, she no longer does, but she still does a lot of private work with people who are suffering that way. Um, Rachel Ann, the baby, has grown up to be like a pretty well-adjusted I mean, she's my age, so very well-adjusted woman. But, um, you know, like, she grew up to have a pretty typical life despite that. Um, And after Maritza Rents got treatment, she actually wound up her... This is going to shock everybody. Her and Paul divorced. (gasps) I know. What? Um, He divorced that lovely woman? Are you kidding me? She moved down to Florida, where she became an investigative reporter and actually was very good at it and um, was influential in helping provide voice to Cuban Americans. Oh, well, good so for her. She actually pulled her life together, too. And I'm glad to know that there was a a good ending and that the treatment worked for her because mental treatment doesn't always. But it's a good place to start. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. That's that. Wow. What a hot mess. So do you have a 
uh, pairing for this week? No. Do you have a case of the week? Nope. I'm very disorganized today. I have a case of the week. Yay! You have an excuse. You have a teenage birthday to take care of. Yeah. Um, so in reading about this case, I found another similar case that I would like to turn into a movie Ooh, because yay. it's more bananas. Oh, goody. Um, let me get back to it. Okay. So this article ran, um, I think 2013. Okay. So I'm just, in fact, going to read it because it's short. Um, okay. Anne, nope. Okay. I thought I'd turn off my recording. Anne Petaway pleaded guilty to, in February, to abducting a baby in 1987. What? A woman who admitted to stealing a 19-day-old infant from a Manhattan hospital in 1987 was sentenced Monday to 12 years in prison. Anne, oh, I said her name earlier. Anne Petway, who pleaded guilty in February to one count of kidnapping, expressed remorse in a brief statement to the federal court in Manhattan. I would like to apologize to the family, Petway told the U.S. District Judge Kevin Castell. I'm deeply sorry for what I've done. If they don't accept it, it's understandable, Petway said, adding, I'm here today to right my wrong and ask forgiveness. According to prosecutors, the parents of the baby girl named Carlina Renee White had taken her to Harlem Hospital on August 4th, 1987. So less than a year before the case we just covered mm -hmm. because she had a fever early the following day. Hospital personnel discovered the baby was gone for 23 years. Petway raised the girl under another name and as her own child. In January 2010, when the victim sought to get prenatal care during her own pregnancy, she had difficult getting a birth certificate from Petway, prosecutors said. The victim became suspicious and contacted the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. DNA confirmed she was Carlina White, the daughter of Carl Tyson and Joy White. And I think that this is a whole podcast. I'm not sure if it's a podcast, but I'm happy to tell you that it is a Lifetime movie. Is it? Yes. Damn. I mean, also good. I want to read it. I mean, I want also to you you reminded me of a case that I wanted to tell you guys about. So I'll uh -huh. do that when you're done. But yeah, this is a lifetime movie. It's called Abducted: The Carlina White Story. Oh, we bumped that last month. We did bump it last. I totally month. forgot about that. Because mm -hmm. in my head, it was connected to this case and could not stand independently. It <laughs> is a movie. Well, now I've ruined it yeah. for everybody. It's fine. Um. So, yes. So, look for that. It'll come up probably next month now. <laughs> we'll put it on the list. Yes. Oh, hey. Um, what happened right after we finished recording last week, we didn't get to tell anybody. LifetimeSentence.com became available. Oh, that's right. And we now have an easy website to remember. Yay. <laughs> also, I'm going to tell you this crazy story. You remind me. I don't even know how, but it made me think. So earlier this week, this was the headline, July 11th, so it's pretty new. 84-year-old woman has been arrested and charged with murdering her husband 35 years ago. Shit. Um, Norma Albritton was arrested in connection with the murder of her husband, Johnny, uh, 35 years ago. Um, this is in Leon County in Texas. Um, 
thanks to reviewers from the reality TV show Cold Case. Um, An armchair detective solved it. I just snapped for them. Um, Johnny Alberton took five gunshots to the chest in May of 1984. Authorities believe that he was killed by a burglar during a home invasion. Um, But they had scheduled her for a lie detector test. Um, Mysteriously, she had a accidental gunshot wound to the chest just before the uh, polygraph appointment and it was never rescheduled. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going through this insider article and we'll post it just to look for um, the quote from the guy here. Quote, this is not a lifetime movie. The devil has many disguises. We are dealing with pure evil in disguise. I grew up with it. I know. I'm so grateful to the people that prayed for me early on to not fall prey to it. I kind of do want this to be a Lifetime movie, though. This is from the daughter. Mm -hmm. I do, too. That's wild. Holy shit, some armchair detective. You go, guys. Yeah. I'm proud of you all. Isn't that crazy? I still don't, like, I don't see in here, like, what happened, like, how they figured it out. Doesn't matter. Lifetime will tell us when they make it a movie. Yeah. And then it will be truth. Um, yeah. So, she's in jail. Good for Holy everyone. shit. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, we are um, two episodes away from the end of Big Little Lies. Oh my god. And um ready to take on our new adventure. We've kind of been talking. We are. Yeah. And, um and we've actually received some ideas from other people and I am yeah. cool if you have a suggestion or a recommendation, let me know something you'd like us to do uh during Patreon and we may just not do it, but we might want to. So <laughs> Yeah. But we might do it, you know. Right. The worst we can say is no, and let's be for real, we're such people pleasers that it's highly possible we won't say no. It's true. <laughs> um, so where can people find us? Um, at Lifetime Sentence on the Instagram, at Life Sentence Pod on the Twitter machine. Um, email us at Lifetime Sentence Podcast at gmail.com and our new website. New old website. Old <laughs> yeah. new. Same website, just new address. LifetimeSentence.com Yay! And uh, you can like us on Facebook at Lifetime mm-hmm. Sentence. And don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com yes. slash Lifetime Sentence. Yes, we need to get some. Yeah. And- We're going to finish up Big Little Lies. We're going to dive into something new, which hopefully will be a lot of fun. And yeah. And don't forget to leave us some ratings and reviews and subscribe subscribe yes we love you all and uh this has been a bonkers story yeah it has all right and uh we will next week have to figure out what we're doing for august already holy crap yeah wolf okay yep what are we doing next week what's Um, next week you know i took a screenshot of this conversation so i'd have it ready anytime you asked me and uh that doesn't mean that i have it ready now but i took a screenshot of it um screenshots here we go uh intimate stranger Ooh. and then after that is the night stalker 
Yes, I'm super excited about that one. Yes. So, all right. Well, have a beautiful day. You too. Don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.